بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائی از دا ٹوینٹی نائنتھ آف مے ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and I'm steadily going through the subsection in which we're taking a glimpse into his phenomenal worship and the last thing I mentioned was he preferred his salah over his fasting he goes I will not allow fasting to affect my salah and then I mentioned the important lessons from this statement, from not just Ibn Masood, but other authorities, that if one notices that one particular optional deed affects a more important or virtuous one, then one needs to stop it immediately. So this is knowledge. Secondly, an optional deed must not be to an expense of violating the right of others, or even yourself. If it does, you must stop the optional deed. And thirdly, once you have started an optional deed, you must then strive to keep it up. So all of this is helping to explain what Ibn Masood was saying. He goes, I don't fast that often because it affects my salah. And my salat is more beloved to me. On the same theme, it is further mentioned, people would kept pestering him about his few fasts. So he would respond sometimes like this. Although you people fast more often, perform more salah, and make more effort, the companions of Rasulullah are still far better than you. The people respectfully asked, how is that? Ibn Mas'ud said, for they had less concern for this world and more concern for the hereafter than you This is recorded in Abu Na'im al-Hiliya, number 278, Hafiz ibn Rajab in his Jami' al-Ulum al-Hikam, page 406 of the English translation, Ayat al-Sahab, volume 1, page 95 of the New English translation. So look at what he's saying, the great Ibn Masood, who's he talking to? Tabi'in. Your people may fast more than us. Why did he mention that first? Because they kept asking him. Why do you only keep three fasts a month? He goes, you may even offer salat more than us, make more effort, but the companions are still greater than you. So they wanted clarification. How is that then? Because the world, they had less concern for it than you. And they were more eager for the akhirat. Thus this majestic man was highlighting that one can never reach the rank and virtues of a genuine ascetic, no matter what deeds one performs. Now think about that. If you know a person, he's very fond of salah, mashallah. At the same time, he's very fond of fasting. Mashallah, he's, he's all here. At the same time, he's very fond of giving sadaq. Subhanallah. And you mention, you go on and on. But you get another person, who's not so strong in those deeds. But he is a genuine ascetic. <laughs> he makes do with far little of the world than you. 
and he's more eager for the Akhirah, he's greater. That's what Ibn Masood said. <laughs> so now directly, there's a report. Sayyidina Ammar ibn Yasir, he relates that our beloved messenger said, there is no worship greater than being disinclined from this world. There is no worship greater than being disinclined from this world. This is in Kanzul Umal, number 6173. So the Prophet, obviously, you know, the Sahaba aren't going to contradict the Prophet. What did the Prophet mean by that? And the Sahaba were explaining. This is something you need to prioritize. If you prioritize it, then don't really worry about the other deeds. Why? Because you are greater. But if you haven't got knowledge, what happens? Right? It's not high in your priorities. And the Prophet himself said, there's no worship greater than this. Clarifying further. How true were the words of the eminent companion, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, the maternal uncle of Rasulullah, one of the ten from his paradise, when he said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Umar ibn al-Khattab, he was not the first amongst us to embrace Islam or to perform hijrah. But I have come to understand what made him better than us. Namely, he renounced the world and his trifling pleasures to a greater degree than any other person amongst us. This is recorded in Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf 8-149 is Hassan Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq 52-244. So you can only appreciate this if you know who this person is. So if I say Sa'ad Ibn Abi Waqas, if you don't know who he is, you're thinking, MashaAllah. But if you actually know who this person is, you're thinking, hang on a minute, what, uh, what did he say? He said, and he swore an oath, he goes, Wallah, he goes, by Allah. And look what he's saying, he's, he's explaining this principle. Because he didn't beat us to Islam. So even if somebody embraces Islam before you, you can be better than him. How? He's got a five year, six year, ten year, twenty year star over me. Take less from the world. If he takes more, you take less, you're better than him. Then he said, nor did he perform hijrah before us. That's another huge deed. What did the Prophet say about hijrah? Sallallahu alayhi wa he said, whoever performs hijrah, he is sinless as the day his mother gave birth to him. In Sayyid Muslim, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So think about that. Embracing Islam, you're completely purified. Hijrah, you're completely purified. Somebody goes, no chance on earth I can beat that person. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas goes, but I have now realized why Umar is greater. Because he renounced the world, its trifling pleasures to a greater degree. You know, we all are doing this. But he goes, he took it to the next level. And he goes, that's why he's greater than us. Now, why is that such a humbling statement? Because Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas embraced Islam from day one or two. Umar embraced Islam six years later. So if I says to you, what deeds has Sa'ad done? Ibn Abi Waqas, radiyallahu, up to the point Umar embraced Islam. You think, he's being serious, brother. He goes, yeah. You know, imagine any truckloads of, you know, deeds. Umar beat him. Okay. So then, oh, Sa'ad must have passed away first. No. Sa'ad was the last of the ten to pass away. <laughs> Umar passed away, radiyallahu, 
24 Sa'ad passed away 50 years after that and he's still greater than him how on earth is he greater than him and the response is he's greater because Sa'ad said he renounced the world to a greater degree than any amongst us now what's fascinating about this statement why was Sa'ad mentioning that to us because he's telling you he goes this is a priority should be a priority on your list because at the end of the day, we want to get as close as possible to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If somebody leapfrogs over you, you don't get jealous, but you get that khipta. Because how has he done that? Because he's focusing upon something you're not. On the same team, Amr ibn al-As. Now let me ask you a question. Was Amr ibn al-As, was he known for his asceticism? So first of all, do you know who Amr ibn al-As is? Anything, anybody, anybody about Amr ibn al-As? The fox of the Arabs, mashallah, the fox of the Arabs. Um, okay, I won't put you on the spot. The Prophet sallallahu he said, how good is pure wealth for a righteous man, meaning you need wealth, Amr. It's good for you. He had that much gold that they'd chop it. <laughs> right? So in his inheritance, his sunbul, he got blocks of gold. So this man, you know, like you say, loaded. You know, we just figured the speech. He was loaded. <laughs> he was a sahab. So what did he say? He said, your lifestyle is far, far from that of Rasulullah. Why? For he was the most ascetic person concerning this world, whilst you are the keenest for it. This is in Hakim and his Mustadrak, 4-315, Sahih, Hafiz ibn Rajab and his Jami al-Ulum al-Hikam, page 406 of the English translation. Who is he talking to? <laughs> so think about it. And you get this impression, people thought, he's loaded. <laughs> and we're doing more fasts. We're offering more salat. You know, that sort of uh, mindset. So the, what did the folks of the Arab say to them? You know, you're doing wrestling and you grab somebody and you just tap him out. <laughs> He goes, what's your lifestyle? <laughs> In other words, this is all worship, mashallah. But what's your lifestyle? He goes, how are you like the Prophet? <laughs> he was the most ascetic. You're the most keenest. <laughs> so what were these companions highlighting? Priorities. Right? You're focusing upon salat, fasting, mashallah. What about the priority? <laughs> Who are the ascetics? Now this is another question. The true ascetics are the gallant mujahids. In Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya, Hayat al-Sahab, volume 1, page 95 of the New English Translation, Abu Wa'il, he said, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he once heard a person saying, where are the people who have no concern for this world and they are most eager for the akhirat? Where are these people? So Ibn Masood hears that. So he answered, They are the people of Jabia. There were 500 Muslim men who pledged that they would be martyred in battle and not return home. Therefore, according to their custom, they shaved their hair, fought the enemy, were all martyred besides one who lived to tell the incident. He goes, these are the ones you're talking about. I hope you are talking about them. <laughs> so let's look at this. 
So this is in Abu Ra'im al-Hili Hatasabu, volume 1, page 95 of the English translation. Uh, this is the thing. People ask the question, where are the ascetics? So he was probably thinking, where are those who live in caves? Those who choked away everything, you know, living in rags. So Ibn Masood grabbed him, you know, spiritual grab lock, <laughs> slammed him. What did he say? Oh, the people of Jabia. So now you need to explain that. But who is he talking about? <laughs> that too many subhanallahs in there, mashallah. Who ja- was, was, who's he talking about? The people of Jabia, this is the name of a place in Sham where a large Muslim army fought a huge Roman army during Umar's Khalifat. He was referring to a campaign in Umar's Khalifat where there was a gargantuan Roman army versus quite a large army of Muslims. Because 500 of those Mujahids. They pledge, we're going to get martyred. Shave their hair off, we're not going anywhere. He goes, these are the ones. He goes, who are the, who are the ascetics? So now, what does that tell you about asceticism? People have corrupted it. If somebody goes, who's the ascetic? Oh, the martyrs. He goes, but I'm not talking about martyrs, I'm talking about Sufis. <laughs> Same thing, isn't it, brother? The traditional Sufis were on the battlefield. Where are they now? Dancing with incense, right? You know, who are these Zahids? Go back to Ibn Masood, don't argue with me, right? He didn't say, oh, the one who sit in the masjid doing zikr, fikr. Those who gave their lives. These are the ascetics. Abdullah Ibn Masood, radiyallahu, had those praised Ikrimah, radiyallahu, one of those who had fallen on that day the son of the Fir'aun of this Ummat, whom he had slain at Badr. Allahu Akbar. Mm-hmm. Who is he praising? <laughs> who was one of those who fell at Ajnadain? <laughs> Ikrimah. Some say Yermuk. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Against the Romans. So why was he praising Ikrimah? Because he, Ibn Mas'ud, who did he kill? His father. Took his head off. <laughs> Right? So he praised his son. He goes, look how great he was. Mm. And what did the Prophet say? I always knew goodness would come from your father, O Ikrimah. Mm. Didn't goodness come? So look how beautiful. He's, he's nothing personal. I didn't kill your father because I had a grudge. I killed him for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you, because you've accelerated even over me. <laughs> because you were the ascetic. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> Clarifying five further. A sahaba asked, Allow me to al-siyaha. Rasulullah replied, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Inna siyah hati ummati al-jihad fi sabirillah. Verily the siyaha of my ummah is jihad in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Abu Dawood number 2486 is Hassan. So what was the sahaba asking? He goes, let me be a Roma. You know the Rome, Romas, people that just travel the land. I'm a traveler. Now it's got negative connotation. When you think of travelers, you think of, you know, people make a mess everywhere, right? But he was talking about, you know, the wandering dervishes. He goes, Ya Rasulullah, allow me to become that. What did the Prophet tell him? Go ahead. Go and leave everything. Inna siyahati ummati al-jihad fi sabirillah. The wandering dervishes of my ummah 
are those who do jihad in the path of Allah. Because these are the, these are the ascetics. So note again, when you say asceticism, this has been a corrupted word now. Look at the companions. They couldn't wait to go on jihad. Why? Because they thought, sure, could do paradise. Who wants to stay here? The Prophet said, the short paradise lies under the shades of swords. In Kanzul Umar. Now think about that. If, you, if I said to you, paradise is just outside this uh, door. Are you going to start hesitating? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. What's more important than paradise, brother? The Sahaba couldn't wait. He goes, we're ready to go now. Ask yourself the same question. Are you ready? For those performing jihad are roaming the earth with a determined purpose. Not just going here and there nilly-willy. Let's smell the roses in the mountains of Switzerland. Not yourself out, mate. Let's go on to the, you know, the Brazilian rainforest. Not yourself out. What are you doing? The person doing jihad, was his under, he's going for the determined purpose. Who was an ascetic of this under? Qadi bin Walid. Mm. Udain, your pipe and smoke it. Imagine, it? Who's an ascetic? So I mentioned with the Sahaba, which is fine. Wasn't Khalid bin Walid an ascetic? What was his determination? Consider also the following report. Hafiz Bahubi in his Sharh Sunnah number 484, Mishkal number 724 in the chapter on masjids and places of prayer. Uthman ibn Maz'un, the first brother of Rasulullah, they were so called by the same blessed woman. He said, Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, grant us permission to castrate. <coughs> the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Laysa minna man khasa wa lakhtasa inna khasa'a ummati yassiyam. The one who castrates or gets himself castrated doesn't belong to us. The castration of my ummah is fasting. I then asked, grant his permission to travel, becoming a wandering dervish. The Prophet said, Inna siyakhata ummati yal jihad fi sabirillah. Verily, the travel of my ummah is jihad in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I then asked, grant his permission to become monastic, mm. become a monk, allow me to become a monk. Mm. The Prophet said, Inna tarahuba ummati yal juluso fil masajidin tizaras salah. Verily, the monasticism of my ummah is sitting in the masjids waiting for salah. This is the beauty of Islam. People have these desires. Uthman ibn Maz'un was known for this, you know, great ascetic. He says, I want to get castrated. Now, what did he mean by that? Did he mean the snip, right? What he meant was, I want to leave women. I don't, I'm just going to worship. They're basically getting in the way of my worship. So the Prophet said, the one who does that, he doesn't belong to us. The castration of my ummah is fasting. Now, why is that an important distinction? Because fasting is not a permanent solution. It's a temporal solution for not getting married. Some people, they don't get married because, why well, I'm fasting with them. How long are you going to fast? 
all my life. <laughs> there you go. That's not what the Prophet meant. What he meant was this is a temporal solution until you get it sorted out. You know, people again, they got their own understanding of, you know, Islam. Then he goes, let me become a wandering dervish. People have those inclinations. Because go and do jihad. Then you can wonder about. Imagine Khalid bin Walid, if he had a passport, how many places he visited? You know, if you got a passport, imagine, oh, look, oh, I went to America, I went to Spain, I went to Brazil. For what? To catch on. To do what? Right? You think about that. Then he said, I want to become a monk. The Prophet said, the monkery of my ummah is what you're doing now. You've offered salat, you're sitting in the masjid for the next salat. So let's all get our monk robes on. <laughs> so there's the beauty of our deen. Those note that those with such mindsets should then gear their energies to what Rasulullah mentioned. That Allah is, otherwise it's hot air. Ah, I'm an ascetic. Believe it in jihad, brother. Now. You are the nafs, right? You imagine that one, isn't it? I'm a monk. <laughs> and then he goes, Let me see you in masjid, brother. Are you a monk? You go to church. Then he goes, I'm a traveler, me. Traveler? It's like, you know, what Islam is this? And that's the problem. So now, just to add this to finish. What's true is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu anhu. He was not destined to be martyred. That is true. But one should never forget the words of Rasulullah. What did he say? So this is recorded by Mufti Shafi in his Ma'riful Quran, volume 2, page 4923 of the English translation. So Rasulullah, he recited this verse. This is the translation. Surah An-Nisa, Surah 4, verse 66 to 68. A'udhu billahi and if we had prescribed for them that they should kill themselves or they should migrate from their homeland, they would not have done it except a few of them. And if they had done what they were told to do, it would have been better for them and more effective in making them firm. In that case, we would certainly have given them an immense reward. And we would have certainly have led them to a straight path. The Prophet recited these three verses. He then said, If this command to kill yourself or to migrate had come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Ibn Umi Abd would have definitely acted accordingly. So there's the proof. Somebody goes, he wasn't martyred, right? MashaAllah, he wasn't martyred. So what's your point? Well, if he wasn't martyred, that means he, I don't want to say, but maybe he's not dedicated to jihad. Baskar. Right? And then you go, is Quran and Sunnah in the fear? He goes, Quran and Sunnah? Allah Ta'ala, he quote the verses. If I had told you to, imagine this is what Allah Ta'ala is telling us. Most of us are just hot air. Oh, I'll give him my life. No, you wouldn't. Just shut up. Give him my shot, innit? Oh, would my grave. Would you? Migrate to where? Hansworth. <laughs> where? Where you migrate to? Pass round about. Right? Allah Ta'ala says, most of them would not have done it except a few. Allah Ta'ala goes, don't play games with me. 
Then he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, if they had done what I told them to do, it would have had a profound effect, immense reward, I would have guided them. Rasulullah then said, if this command had come, who did he mention? Ibn Masood would have killed himself. Imagine, would you do that? Imagine if Allah, hypothetically. Allah the last given us the order to kill ourselves. Go up there. I'll tell you straight, which fiqh do you follow, brother? Is it Manifi, Manifi, Shafi? Do you follow a fiqh? What the scholars agreed to it. Bayan starts. Right? And he goes, just kill yourself. Right? And he goes, no, no, brother. There's a lot of you know, discussion about this. You don't want to kill yourself, do you? Right? So there you go. He goes, he'll kill himself. Ibn Masood. Would you do that? I'll tell you today, I couldn't do that. You know, I put my head down, so that'll just be. And Allah Ta'ala, through the lips of his messenger said, Ibn Umi Abd. So don't start saying he wasn't martyred. Allah Ta'ala knows how pure a man he was. So all I mentioned again today was, again, his phenomenal worship. And note, it's not what you do, it's what you know and then do. That's the key. You have to prioritize. And when you prioritize, you will get the maximum blessings what Allah has promised. But at the same time, don't look down upon those who do other deeds. They're still doing good. You know, the point here is not to look down on fasting and salat and this, that. The point here is knowledge. Right? And the knowledge, again, the companions were highlighting this to the Tabeen. So obviously we can be far more excused for this erroneous understanding. Are there any questions you would ask? سبحان الله بحمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل انسان لفي خسر الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وواصل الحق وواصل الصبر صدق الله العظيم